Acts 12, chapter, and verse 1 through 11. We will read. Everybody there? Now about the time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Because he saw it please the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. There were in the days unleavened bread. When he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him in the four corners of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for Peter. And when Herod would have brought him forth, of the same Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, keepered before the doors, and keepered the prison. Behold, the angel of the Lord came unto him. A light shineth in prison, and he smote Peter on the side, and raised him up, and saying, Arise quickly. His chains fell off his hands. And the angel said unto him, Girt thyself, and bind thyself in thy sandals. And as he did, and he walked out of that prison, we're going to title this this morning, but we're going to stop right there. Praying earnestly, expecting to receive, looking to receive. I remember when the church was first started in a, in a house in one room, and Gina was the only child. Diane McCaslin and Kathy Luce was teenagers, and they were the only two children there. Brother Yoakum almost had a nervous breakdown. He lost a son in World War II, lost his other son in a car wreck, lost his grandson in another car wreck, almost lost his mind. Nervous breakdown. The church didn't have no money back then. We didn't make no money, so he was having to work. He was a pipe fitter by trade. He wrote scriptures down and put them in a band of his hat. And he went to work every day. Break time come, he didn't break with the rest of the men or the women. He went off and hid, pulled that hat off, and read their scriptures. God, I need you. I want you to know when you pray with expectancy, telling God I need you, you're going to get him. You're going to get him. You're going to believe expectation. And God healed him. I want you to know God is a healer and he hears prayers. And he answers prayers. When you pray, you can expect something. I agree with Brother Don. Why is there so much chaos? Moses fell on his face and prayed for a nation. And God said, get up off of your ground. said, I'm going to destroy all the Israel. Brother Sykes said there were three million of them, but he was going to annihilate them off the earth. 
And Moses said, if you do, blot out my name. I tell you, that's a strong prayer. That's something strong. If you touch them, blot my name out of the kingdom of God. He said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll make a nation out of you if you'll just get up and leave me alone. And God said, leave me alone. And Moses said, I'm not going to leave you alone. If God, I mean, Moses could save a nation, this early church prayed. And I want to encourage us to expect something. I believe in prayer, and I'm going to get to that here in a minute. I don't care how much you pray, how much you fast, nothing's going to happen until you believe and have an expectation from God. Believing God is going to answer your prayers. How many believe that God is going to answer your prayers when you pray? When you pray, you're going to believe that God answers the prayers. And Peter was kept in prison. I can't imagine being asleep, Brother Clayton. I can't imagine being asleep and knowing that you can cut your head off in a few days. He doesn't cut James's head off and he's going to get yours because the Jews was demanding him. I want you to know that God can give you peace in the worst crisis in your life. If the peace of God, the prince of God lives inside of us, I believe he's a ruler of peace in our lives. I believe that he'll rule your life with peace. And there he was in that prison house. But verse 5 said, the church that prays and believes has a lot of power, has tremendous power. The Bible said, as they made fervent prayer, instant prayer. I'm a man that loves instant stuff. People talk about the old time. You can have it, but leave me today's instant stuff. I love getting up in the morning and going in the kitchen with a coffee pot and punch one button. In a few moments, I have got fresh brewed coffee. I want you to know that God, you push one button, he's ready to answer your prayers and set you free and set your friend free. Instant prayer. Fervent prayer. Believing God that's going to happen. When the church started, I don't know, it wasn't probably about eight or six, but God hears prayers. Psalms 28 and 6 says, I will pour out my spirit with supplication. We need to pour out our spirit, not our minds. You can pray with your mind, but I tell you what God is looking for is a spirit that prays. Because he is a spirit and we are a spirit. The Bible said he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Let me share something here with that. If Christ is in you, He's the one that's doing the praying because we don't know how to pray and what to pray about unless he initiates it, unless he gives the spirit of prayer in our lives. And so we begin to pray and we'll see great and mighty things done from God. Book of James 1.16 says, The affectional, fervent prayer of a righteous man has much power. Let me say, the effectual, fervent prayer of a church, Sister Rhonda, has much power. She talked to me the other day. I won't go in detail, and I was so impressed. She said, I'm in covenant. How many of you all can say today that I am in covenant with God? I believe what God has said. 
I believe God is going to do what he said he was going to do. I believe those things. Amen. And I'm going to say it out loud before I go. I believe God is going to do what he said he's going to do. As they prayed fervently in one spirit and one heart, God heard their prayer and said, the angel down to release Peter. As you pray this morning and as you start praying, when you pray, I want you to expect something to happen. Well, we're going to pray and we're going to pray. No, we're going to pray and believe and receive. That's God's plan for our lives, to believe and pray and receive these things. God gives the spirit. He gives the spirit of prayer. He gives the spirit of supplication because he knows without that spirit in us, we don't know how to pray. So when you get down to pray, Psalm 91 and 1 says, He that dwelleth in the secret places of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the, old, the, shadow of the Almighty. I want you to notice what he said, He that dwelleth, he that dwelleth in the secret place. Where did Jesus say the secret place is? Where did he say the secret place is? In your closet and in prayer. If you will dwell in prayer, you can't stay in your closet all the time, but you can pray all the time. Somebody ought to say amen. Because a lot of people say you can't pray all the time, but you can have the spirit of prayer. You can have the spirit of prayer in you wherever you go and whatever you're doing, you can have the spirit of prayer. Now, he said he that dwelleth there, he that dwelleth there. Then it goes on to say in another place, you shall not fear when the terror comes. If we stay in the spirit of prayer, Brother Perry, we're not going to fear when the spirit of fear comes because we know he that holds the things can calm the sea in our lives. So you're going to have to dwell where? Somebody help me out now. You're going to dwell where? In the spirit of prayer. You're going to have to dwell under the shadow of the Almighty in the spirit of prayer for these things to happen in our life. And it says, Jesus rose early in the mornings, a great while before the day, he went out and departed in a secret place and a and what did he do? What did he do? He did what? Prayed. And I'm going to share with you what early morning prayer will do in your life. When you rise up early in the morning and go to your secret place and shutting out the world. Listen, when you get in the closet and you can shut the door, I, wish, I would to God that you could close out the world. But I guarantee you, you can't close out the world. You've got to get this mind closed out. You've got to get your heart on God. Just closing that door is not going to shut out the world and the worry and the fear and the anxiety. But there's something about the presence of God that prays through us, Brother Clayton. He prays through us to get the need done. So he goes out early in the morning and he prays. He might have read Psalms 8, 17. Those that seek me early shall find me. 
How I many have heard all your life the early bird gets what? That's why the bird gets up early. Smith Wiggleworth one time was having a lot of problems. He was a plumber, had no business. The man hired him to dig a ditch. Ground was frozen. He went out and digged the ditch to feed his family. He was sad and broken, Brother Michael. But a little old bird was sitting up on the limb playing some wonderful music. But he dug up a worm deep down in the ground and threw it up on the bank, and that little worm was there. This bird flew down and picked up that worm and carried it up and sat on the limb and swallowed it and began to sing again. And he said, if a bird can sing on a limb with a worm from God, how much more so can I sing and give praise and thanks to God? Why don't you clap your hands right now? Learn to clap your hands and make a joyful noise on the Lord. Well, brother, I don't really feel like Christians doesn't live by faith. We don't live by what we see. We live by faith. We don't live by what our feelings are. We have to live by faith, believing God is going to do something. And the Bible said, all you people, clap your hands and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All you people, lift your voices like trumpets and praise unto God. And let him know that you believe he is your God. Give me everybody say, he is my God. He is your God. I mentioned Wednesday night that God had revealed to me I am not the God of this Bible only. I'm not the God of the prophets of old. I am your God. How many believe that God is your God? As he answered their prayers, he's going to answer your prayer because you say that he is your God. He is your God. He is your present help in a time of need. He hears your prayers like he did Elijah and Elisha and all of those. He hears your prayers. But they expected to receive. They expected to receive. The book of James says the farmer goes sows the seed. You'll notice when you read the book of James about sowing the seed, he does not rejoice in the sowing of the seed. He rejoices in the harvest. Because he knows the seed is going to come up. He waits earnestly and eagerly for the harvest. There is a harvest going to happen right here. Not tomorrow, not tonight, but right this morning. A harvest can happen right here this morning because God is here. You say, how do you know he's here? I brought him. He was here when I got here. How many brought God with you this morning? How many when you walked in the presence of the Lord, you knew you was walking in the presence of God? I don't know where Peggy got the discernment of spirits or not, but I tell you, she can discern when the evil is present. We went places before traveling, stopped at a cafe, and she said, I don't think we ought to hear. I feel something that's not right. You need to have the spirit of discernment so you don't walk in things that is not right. Well, I've been told, well, I just wade right on in and, I said, fools right in where angels fear to tread. When God gives you a sense something is wrong, the best thing for you to do is leave and go away. Jesus rose up when? When did he rise up? Psalm says, those that seek me early shall what? 
Now that word early in Psalms means those that seek me earnestly, diligently, shall find me. Earnestly, diligently, you will find your answer. You will find the joy that you need. The wonderful things of God. The shadow of God is not occasional resort. But it's a constant place you have to live. You've got to live and dwell there. Let me read you something now about, we all know these stories. If we've been in the church very long, Daniel was a teenager when he was sold into captivity. The book of Daniel covers about 70 years or somewhere along there. That really doesn't matter, but he was a teenager. But notice what he did. He prayed three times what? Daily. He was faithful. Let me read here what he, Daniel 6 and 10. His windows being open. I never noticed that till just recently reading the Bible. I always thought that Daniel opened the windows. It didn't say that. He said the windows were open. <laughs> How many of you know need an open relationship between you and God at all times? So when you pray, that line is open. You know, the president, I understand, has got a red phone on his desk. It has to stay open all the time. But notice what Daniel did. Now, he's a teenager. He's a teenager. His windows being open toward Jerusalem. Why was his windows open toward Jerusalem? Because Solomon had made a covenant with God. He said, what if your people are waste from this place and they're not here and they can't get here? What's going to happen? He said, if they look toward Jerusalem and pray, I will hear the prayer and I will answer it. I say to you this morning, if you look to God, your God, I don't know whether he's north, south, east, or west. It doesn't matter. But if you look toward God, he said, I will hear your prayer and I will answer it. That's why Daniel prayed through the open windows. Notice what he did now. He prayed toward Jerusalem up on his knees. How often? Anybody helping me out there? How often did he pray? Three times a day. When he got up in the morning, what did he do? Early, what did he do? The first thing in the morning, what did he do? Come on, say it out loud. He got out on his knees. And I'm not saying you got to get out on your knees, but getting down on your knees, you have to humble yourself before God, before God hears your prayer. Whether you're standing or whether you're laying in the bed or whatever you're doing, you have to humble yourself before God before he's going to hear you. He humbled himself in the morning. And what did he do? Fervent praying, hot praying. Oh, he, he prayed hot, fervent prayer. How often? Three times when? A day. When other people went out to eat lunch or probably those things, Daniel went to his room and went upstairs or wherever it was and knelt down before God, humbled himself before God, and looked toward Jerusalem. Notice what he did here. 
Somebody there reading with me? He prayed, giving thanks before his God as aforetime. It wasn't, he'd get down. Can you imagine a teenager? He'd done this all of his life. You find he'd done this all of his life. Even when he was an old man, he was still doing this. What's he doing? Somebody help me out now. He's giving what? Thanks to God. How many, when you get out sometime, what you need to do first, still telling him what you need, you need to start giving thanks for what he's done. Amen? You give him thanks for what he's done. And then give him thanks for what he's going to do today. Huh? Faith speaks what God is going to do now. We'll get to that in a minute. We have time about speaking the faith before it ever happens. You say, well, I don't know about that, Brother Billy. Faith speaks and receives. When they begin to speak, you receive. How often did he do this? What about when supper time come? What did he do? He went back up to his room. Glory to God. The windows was open. He knelt down and began to give thanks to God for his goodness. Now, how could he give thanks to God for his goodness when he's in bondage? He's in captivity. He has not done anything wrong to cause all of that. Israel had done what was wrong. How I many you know if you hang out with evil people and they get in trouble, you're going to get in trouble? My daddy told us boys one time, I don't know how he knew this, because we walked to school about several miles, and he said, now, boys, I don't want y'all never hanging out with them boys again. Never again. We didn't understand. We didn't question and we didn't hang out because we knew what would happen if our daddy found out we was hanging out with them. Now, we knew what was going to happen. Right, Brother Melvin? Wasn't long them boys we've been hanging out with caught breaking in a store and arrested. How my daddy knew that, I don't know. But I want you to know that God knows something that we don't know. That's when we ought to seek God first three times a day. Can I have an Amen. Get up in the morning, the first thing you're going to do, what are you going to do? You're going to look toward heaven, and you're going to give God praise and thanks like Daniel did. What are you going to do at noon? You're going to shut down everything and do what? Sister Ellen Draper told me this story one time when I first got in the church. said, when God moved on me to pray, if I wanted to pray immediately right then, God answered my prayers. But if I put God off for a few moments that I got to do something else and I went and done that and prayed, God didn't hear my prayers. He never got answered. God has got to be first, number one, or he's not at all. But he loves us, but he wants us to love him back. Now he prayed. Now the king had a dream in Daniel 2. He couldn't interpret the dream. He didn't even remember what the dream was. So he called all the soothsayers, interpreters, to come in and tell him what the dream was. And they said, there's no man in flesh, in other words, in this earth, can tell you what your dream was if you can't tell it to us. He said, if you can't tell me what it was, this is what I'm going to do to you and all of you. What did he tell them he's going to do to them? Huh? Say it out loud. 
You're going to kill them. Thank you. And not only that, he said, no, 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 I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill their families. I'm going to make all their families a dunghill. They said, well, they, no man can tell you. Let me say something this morning. There are things that man cannot tell you, but there's nothing that God has hid from you. If you will believe God, he will tell you what you ask for. And I want you to notice what Daniel says. I'll tell you what. Well, first of all, they come to old Daniel and said, we're going to have to take you on and kill you. He said, how come? He said, the king made a decree. We can't interpret the dream. There's nobody here on this earth can interpret this dream. We're going to kill you. He said, get me, let me go talk to the king. How many of how many you know you'd like to go talk to the king if somebody's going to kill you? Amen? So they said they'd get him. He went and talked to the king, and, and the king listened to what Daniel told him. said, I will tell you what the dream is. Now, if you notice in the scripture there, he said, I'll tell you what the dream is. Just give us a few days. He went and called Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego together, and they began to pray. How I many you know sometimes we need to partnership with someone? Two or three gathered together in my name, I'm going to be where? Is a partnership together, and they began to pray. And God gave Daniel a dream. What was that dream? What the king had dreamed. There may be nobody on this earth can give you the answer, but God can give you the answer. He may not give it to you directly. He may give it to someone else, and they may bring that message to you, and you'll be blessed. Now, I want you to answer this question. How come you think Daniel could pray and God would give him the interpretation of the dream? Anybody? Come on, Sister Linda, what? Oh, come on. I wouldn't have ever thought about that like that. Did y'all hear what she said? Daniel was a regular customer to God. God just say, well, wait a minute. I hear Daniel a call. And whoo, glory to God. Thank you. Regular customer. Have you ever called someone on the phone? And they'll say, wait a minute. I got another call. I'll put you on hold. I'll call you back. I want you to know when God hears your voice, when he heard the voice of Daniel, he put everything else on hold and said, I got to get back to Daniel. Amen? Henry Ford was walking down the street one day. This guy had come out of the bank discouraged. He could tell he was really discouraged. He didn't know him. He walked along beside him and said, what's the matter? And he said, my business is about to close, and I've been to every bank I can think of, and they won't loan me no money. And, and he said, well, come on, go with me. And they walked down the street, and he said, let's go in this bank. The man said, I done been in there, and it's not no use going in there. He said, but you ain't been in there with me. He went in there and put his arm around that man and said, I talk. he talked real loud. And said, just talk real loud. He said, why don't you call me one day next week and said, we'll go out and eat lunch. And he turned and walked off and told the man, said, now you go ask the banker for the money and I'm going to let you figure it out what happened. When you are a regular customer with God and he hears your voice, Daniel was a regular customer in the morning, right? At noon and when? And he wasn't there just to pray for asking for things. He was there to give God praise and glory and honor. How could he do that being in captivity? And the Bible said, as he had aforetime. In other words, that was his customer, regular, daily business was to pray. 
You have not because you what? You might say, well, we're hearing a lot about prayer. Peter said, as long as I'm in this flesh, I'm going to stir up your pure mind by the way of remembrance. John Wesley, if you ever read anything about John Wesley, what tremendously minister he had. He said, God never does anything until after prayer has went up. If there's no prayer, God does nothing. You got to learn to pray. When? When are you going to start praying? What are you going to do the first thing you get up in the morning? Don't get up in the morning and say, good Lord, it's Monday, but good, good, oh, it's Monday morning. You get up in the morning, you swing out of that morning, you said, good morning, Holy Ghost. What kind of time we're going to have today, amen? Good Lord, it's Monday morning and got the blues. How often are you going to start praying? Can I have an amen? How often are you going to start praying? Listen, if you want to be a regular customer, amen? I think something happened in Sister Otwell the other day, didn't it, when y'all was up to Texas or something? Didn't, and I believe Katie said, went immediately and talked to the doctor, and he said, we got to do something right now. Is that right? Listen, it, it pays to know somebody that's in authority. How many knows God personally? Are you on firsthand speaking with him? Sister Jody Watkins can't wait that she gets on that phone and looks in that phone and dials the state of Washington. And she sees something in that phone, just looks at her and smiles and grins. She said, it's so exciting. I want you to know you can see God. People say you can't see God. You're a regular customer of God. He can see you and you can see him. And he'll answer your prayers. I believe when we do the doing of what God says do, we will see the miraculous, what God says he will do. So Daniel, it says in Hebrews, cast not away his confidence. Now I want you to notice now that Daniel told the king, I will give you the answer to the dream. I'll give you the answer to the dream. Thank you, Sister Linda, because he was on a regular custom. He was on first-term speaking basis with God, and he knew when he prayed that God was going to do what? How many believe when you pray, God's going to give you the answer? If you're a regular customer, if you're a stranger. Oh, but if you're a regular customer, Jesus said, I know my sheep, and my sheep knows my voice. Praise God. So he, Daniel began to speak faith. Even they were telling him it couldn't be done. Daniel, verse 20 said, Daniel blessed the name, the name of God forever and ever. He blessed the name of God. He knew God was going to answer his prayers. And so he went to pray. And there he prayed and he got the answer. And then the king, Daniel four, served four dynasties. He, he served four kingdoms in his lifetime from the time of his teenager until he died. 
four kingdoms. He won favor with every king that he ever served under. They gave Daniel favor because he knew God. And the king made a decree because he was convinced by some other people. And they were on the way that they could get to Daniel. Said the only way we can get to Daniel is through his prayers and to his God. There's no other way we can get to him. So they get the king to make a decree that anybody worshipped any God besides him would be put where? Would be put where? In the lion's den. And the Bible said when Daniel heard that, he went as a foretime to his room, prayed through the open window, and God heard his prayers because he was a regular customer. Like a foretime, in other words, like he always done. Go back to Psalms, it's in Psalm 91, it said, if you dwell, if you dwell there, you will not be afraid of the terror that comes by night. Daniel wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid. He prayed like he always did. And then them people come and said, King, Daniel has violated your principles. He's still a-praying. And the king was sorrowful that he'd made such a decree. He looked every way that he could to get out from under it, but he couldn't. And I want you to notice something else here. And the king told Daniel, maybe not like this, I'm sorry, but I got to feed you to the lions. I, there's no way. I, I made a foolish decision. I, I can't get out from under it. And then the king says, Daniel, the God that you serve continually will deliver. That's in your Bible. The king said, the God that you serve continually will what? He will deliver you from the lines. Now, how do you deal with the word continually? How do you deal with that statement? He continually, every morning, praying to God, giving praise and thanks to God. He went at noon and did what? Prayed, giving praise and thanks to God. He went in the afternoon and did what? And prayed. That was his continual prayer. He was dwelling in Psalm 91. He was dwelling with God. And the king knew it. He said, the God that you serve will do what? He will deliver you. Can you see the confidence that the king had in Daniel's God? What confidence he had. Now, Peter went to sleep and slept all night. We're going to cut his head off the next morning. He slept all night. But what did the king do all night when he put Daniel in the lion's den, put the stone over and sealed it? What did the king do all night? Hmm? He didn't sleep a wink. What's the old song? I don't remember who sung it many years ago, probably back in the 30s. 
I can't sleep a wink. I walked the floor overnight over you. He couldn't sleep a wink. The king couldn't sleep a wink. And the next morning, he got up early. He went down to the lion's den. He cried out aloud, Oh, Daniel, was your God able to deliver you? He heard a voice from down inside. Oh, king, live forever. God sent his angels and locked the jaws of the lions, and they couldn't eat me because of his continually prayer life with God. How often did he pray? In the morning. What are you going to do in the morning when you first get up? Do what? Humble yourself before God. And you're going to pray. You're going to start making a habit. What are you going to do at noon? What are you going to do in the evening? Listen, if you're continually a commitment dwelling with God, God will continually miraculous favor for us. And Daniel read the book of Jeremiah. And it said, after you've been in bondage for 70 years, I'll do what? I'm going to release you. Daniel said, there's something wrong here. We've been in bondage for more than 70 years. We hadn't been released. This is throughout the Bible. We do not receive the promises of God until we pray them through. You have to pray them down to the promises of God. You've got to speak the faith what you want to see from the kingdom of God. And Daniel prayed 21 days and nothing happened. Nothing happened. Here's why nothing happened. We are in a spiritual warfare. The devil is the prince and the power of the air. The first prayer Daniel prayed got through, but the spiritual darkness of Satan hinders the answer. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What was Daniel's sister Linda? Oh, he's a regular customer. Prayers were not coming through. Oh, and I tell you, church, I believe I could be bold enough to say this morning that a lot of prayers have been prayed that hadn't come through. They hadn't been answered. There's a reason for that. Spiritual darkness is hindering it. We're not allowed to come through. But God loved Daniel so much because he is a regular customer. And the angel got to him and said, I would have been here sooner. I heard you the first time. But the spiritual weakness of darkness was hindering me. I had to send for help. Listen, if God, angels had to send for help, how much more so are we going to have to send for some help sometime? How much more so are we going to have to partner with one another and send for some help? And he got his prayers answered because there was wars in the heavenless. There was a breakthrough. How many needs a breakthrough? You've been praying. You hadn't got no answers. We've been praying about some things for many years with Peggy. We hadn't got no answer. But I tell you, if we'll obey in what God says, something miraculous will happen in the kingdom of God.
I'm going to share another story with you. This lady's name was Polly. Her son was going off to college. Anybody in here got a son going or children going off to college? Going off to college, so she went to church with a pair of scissors and a, and a piece of cloth. She cut that thing up in pieces. She said, I want every piece anointed with oil. I want every piece anointed with oil, and they anointed with oil. And she put them in a place in that young man's clothing so that he probably wouldn't find them. And then she put one in the bottom of his shoes where he probably wouldn't find them. Her faith in God that would protect her son. Wherever he went, he was going to be protected. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And his roommate one night said, could I borrow your shoes tonight? Could I wear them to a party I'm going to tonight? And the roommate said, yes, you can. And the baptism of the Holy Ghost fell on him with clothing tongues as fire. Because one mama had faith in God and the anointing of God can destroy the yoke, she made an effort to do what she could do. And when she did what she could do, God, being a regular customer to her, did what he could do. I want you to look for something miraculous to happen when? Now, when you pray, something good is going to happen in your life besides what is happening in our lives. And the Bible said us to stir ourselves up to take a hold of the things of God. So God bless you for being here today and believe the Lord for some wonderful things that's going to happen in your life. Hallelujah. Let me share one more thing while they're coming. This, this is a little hard to understand in the Bible. The king called for Elisha to come. And uh, when Elisha gets there, he's having to shoot an arrow. And then he tells him to take the arrow and strike the ground. And how many times did he strike the ground? Three times. And the Bible said, and Elisha become very angry. It made him very angry. I don't know what that means, but he, he got angry. Now notice what he says. If you would have struck it five or six times, you would have got the victory. But if you read on down a little bit further, here's what it says. You will only defeat your enemy three times, and then he's going to defeat you. Is that right, Brother James? That's just what it said. You're going to only defeat your enemy three times, then he's going to defeat you. God did not tell him how many times to hit the ground, but God was looking to see if he had the enthusiasm, excitement, and the faith in God. And then he said, if you would have struck it five or six times, you would have defeated your enemy. Is that what it says? That's exactly what it says. I'll tell you, God wants us to rise up, get excited, and start striking at the enemy where he hurts the worst and expects, don't just do it one time. Don't do it two times. Don't do it three times. Do it until you get the victory over that situation. He said you'd have got the victory. Let, let me give you that scripture if you'd like to go home and read it. It's found, um, it's, it's found in 2 Kings, I believe it is. Just one moment in case you want to read it. 2 Kings 13, you can read it down and start reading to verse 18. And 
what great victory we can have if we just keep striking. Keep striking. Of course, records are made to be broken. Baby Ruth was the number one home hitter of the world. And also, whatever record did he heard, hold? He, he held another record. What was the other record he held? Anybody know? Strike. He, had, he was the number one player in strikeouts at the bat. Number one. And they asked him, said, what do you do when you're in the low mode and you're striking out? He said, I just keep on swinging. When you're in your low mode and you're not hitting the ball out of the park, just keep on hitting. You're going to get it. God will give it. He's a water of those that keep striking back. God bless you for being here this morning. What are you going to get today? A miracle in your life today. God bless you.